seven pitch. Harper hits one in the air, left center field, back it goes. Harper, the swing of his life. It is Bedlam at the bank. Swung on, hit it, crossed, and the Phillies are going to lead it. Four to nothing. Now Harper sends one in the air, way back to right center. Everybody and welcome back to the Bell Ringers podcast. Colin Daly, Ben Goldstein, and the NLCS is officially one day away. Ben, coming up, Arizona Diamondbacks, Philadelphia Phillies. Hopefully, a lot of partying in the Phillies clubhouse after you're saying Game Five, right? You're saying five games and we're done. This thing's over in five. I'm waving the towel. Over in five. You are hearing it from the horse's mouth, folks. It's over in five. Over in horse. five. All right. We can audibly breathe out. The NLDS is over. Whew. We recap that on episode 40. The Braves are done. Brought officially. to you by SeatGeek. Yes. The most efficient and the most costly well less least costly way to purchase your tickets for concerts all sporting events including postseason baseball i have two tickets i have two tickets up on SeatGeek right now for nlcs in left in lcs game one so go buy those tickets i'm not telling you exactly where they are you can sit next to me <laughs> somewhere in left field two tickets. somewhere in left field you can two get tickets. A... you can sit right next to ben goldstein uh. That's an honor right there. Yeah, you might get into the video. You know, it's very exciting stuff. Ooh, a guest appearance. Yeah. But, yeah, SeatGeek, use code Philly Sports Support, SeatGeek. Hold that S, Ben. Hold that S. Hold the S. Save save 20 bucks. Um, It's a good deal. Um, I think the hold the S is becoming our version of Ricky Vitalico's locker up. Anyway. Unfortunately. Although Um, we don't support Yingling. We support... Pandemic brew. That's correct. Great. We do. It's behind section 204 for the postseason. Go get your pandemic brew. Uh, free Indeed. shout out to the pandemic crew. Anyway, let's talk about the NLCS, Colin. Can't believe we're here, man. I can. Rob Thompson is the second manager to reach an NLCS in his first two seasons holding the reins. Who was the first? Oh, don't tell me. Don't tell me. It's uh, Mike Matheny, 2012-2013. Okay. Of the, uh, of the Redbirds. I saw that posted by somebody this afternoon. Was it, it tweeted been... or was it posted? I'm going to go with tweeted, Ben. It was there tweeted. you go. Thank you. It's tweeted. I have not, um, have not officially made the conversion to <laughs> X. To X. Yeah. X. Very intimidating, don't you think? X. No, it's it's awesome. What are the what are their thoughts on X? Like Twitter is just so like it's nice and blue and it's like a nice. little chirpy bird. And now it's like post on X. I don't repost. know. Repost this quote. Sounds quote like this post. E- it sounds like emo's Twitter. <laughs> 
We're not two minutes into this pod, and we're so off the rails. It's 9 o'clock. All right. Facebook. Emo's Twitter. All right. Well, I wonder if maybe we can get some emo Diamondbacks fans to listen to this podcast, because we're going to break <laughs> down the Diamondbacks roster right now, pick out their their highs, their lows, their emos. I'm hitting it with the rhymes right now, aren't I? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I went for a long pod. We are. We really are. So Mike Petrillo, a self-proclaimed bouncer of a journalist. I don't know if it's self-proclaimed. He definitely has. But according to his Twitter bio, uh, very, very experienced, did a breakdown of each position between the Phillies and Diamondbacks on MLB.com. Ben and I are going to give our initial reactions to reading this right now. So it starts off at catcher. Which is probably one of the most controversial ones. Yes, Gabby yes. Moreno's had a good season. Yeah. And JT Real Muto's like, you know, JT Real Muto. And they're giving advantage D backs, Ben. I mean, well, I'm let, not me, lie. let me read um, Mr. Uh, what's this guy's name? Mike Petrillo. Shout out to you. Uh, MLB.com sponsor us. Uh, let's read off his reasoning. Against, mo- he gives off JT's Rubito stats, everything. And then he goes, against most catchers, that would be. More than good enough, but in Gabriel Marino, the D-backs catcher, have, the D-backs have a catcher who is better, even better at throwing out base stealers. Okay. Um, and his outstanding second half hitting, he had a slash line of 313, 383, 511, uh, led into a postseason that's featured three homers so far. Uh, Marino isn't anywhere near the star that Remito is, dash, uh, M-dash, at least not yet M-dash, but so long as the hand that he got banged up in game three is healthy, he might just have a larger impact on this series. All right, so he has a banged up hand. Um, I'm not sure what hand it is. I'm just reading this for the first time. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's just... that's a little puzzling that one. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, so um... I don't, I don't. Um, yeah, he's been good. Three homers in the postseason. A great second half, but ah. Uh, he he has never played a postseason game against the good team. Like they played the, the all right. Let's start off here. Right now. The Diamondbacks played the Brewers and the Dodgers. The Diamondbacks are yet to lose in the postseason. They're five and out. The Dodgers two stars, Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts, would have combined one for thirty something, and that one hit was an infield single. The Brewers had multiple leads in the games. And just blew all of them. And the Diamondbacks came back and won those games. More on the Brewers pitching than the Diamondbacks hitting, in my opinion. So the Diamondbacks have not gone against a real competitive team in a real home field advantage, like Citizens Bank Park. Colin's not happy I'm going off on the crowd again. But No, it's not what it is. What do you what what is you can't call the Dodgers unserious, man. They're perennially perennially good, experienced in the postseason. They have veteran players all around, a very, very passionate fan base, and they were in a 100-win team. You could be in a 100-win team, but when you have Clayton Kershaw going out there and giving up, what was it, six runs in the first inning in game one? It means that there's a really, really good offense because Clayton Kershaw is 30-some-odd number of years of age and is still one of the best pitchers in baseball. What are his postseason stats? Disagree with that. Clayton Kershaw has never been good in the postseason, and yes, they played well, very well against the Dodgers. But the Dodgers stars also just flat out did not produce. So I think that series is more on the Dodgers 
losing that series than the Diamondbacks winning that series. Yes, the Diamondbacks still won the series and are in the National League Championship Series, but they have they've played good ball, but the teams they're playing against are just flat out playing bad ball. I don't disagree, but I mean, the Diamondbacks hit four straight home runs in the first inning against the against the Dodgers off of Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn, mean, can't, Lance Lynn can't keep the ball in the ballpark to save his life. So they were like destroying baseballs. That doesn't happen on accident or because of one bad pitcher. We've seen teams face bad pitchers. I mean, think about every single team that Vince. Think about the teams that Vince Velasco struck out sixteen of their guys. Well, Vince I mean, Velasquez is the greatest pitcher in baseball history. Okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, uh, the, the 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 teams I just dropped my fidget. Uh, the teams that the Diamondbacks have played, who had very good regular seasons, did not play well in the postseason, which definitely assisted to the Diamondbacks getting in the position that they are. Meanwhile. I would say the Phillies are currently the hottest team in baseball. Um, as they have played, they sp- destroyed the Miami Marlins. Like those were two dominations of a game, and then they hit the Braves very well. They pitched. They really dominated their stars. Um, and then the Braves' best inning, which is the first inning, they didn't allow a single run to them. Um, they only allowed like three home runs in the series against a team that had th- over 300. Um, and the Diamondbacks are also a good first inning team, so the Phillies have to limit them in the first inning. But anyway, back to the catcher. I still think JT Ramuto will have a greater impact than Marino. And saying that Marino has a better arm than JT is is um is an interesting comment. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm buying that one yet. And you know, I'm not the biggest JT Realmuto guy on earth, and I'm very pessimistic. But I don't necessarily agree with that one right now. Marino uh, might first, hit more home runs than JT Realmuto, but JT will definitely have a more productive series than Gabriel Marino. So. Time will tell, won't it? Well, uh, yeah, yeah, M- Marino's. Also, pretty inexperienced, which I think is yeah. ignored in this. Anyway, well, this first whole base. Diamond, let's be honest here. Other than Evan Longoria, is there any real experience on this Diamondbacks roster? You can tell Marte's been in the league for a while, but no postseason experience, I don't think. I'm talking postseason experience. Evan Longoria made it to a World Series in 2008, and um, he lost to the Phillies. And Tommy that's really... Pham has been in the postseason, I believe, a couple times. Well, I is who has gotten to the league championship series out of these guys? Longoria in 08. I think that was... Fam has. Okay, I know Longoria was the last time he I don't made know it that in for a fact, though. Um, so not many. This team is very. They're kind of like the Phillies last year, um. But it's just I felt like the this that Phillies team last year was a little more surging than the Diamondbacks this year, and also the Phillies. I don't know, man. They. I don't, I don't know. know if you can't. I don't know if you can say they're not surging. It'd be no, the Diamondbacks. Yeah, the Diamondbacks are playing very good ball. Um, I, mean, I don't know. They, I know that you said that the Dodgers were terrible, but they still beat. Uh, they swept an 100 win team. It's been easily either the best or second best or most consistently good. Um, well, team here, in the, during the, this decade. 
the Phillies would have swept the Braves if Rob Thompson knew how to manage game two. I can't even go there right now. I'm going to lose my mind. Anyway, back to the list. We're moving on to first base. and This one our, we don't even need to talk about. Our guy got it right. He gave Harper the advantage at first base, which is smart. Christian Walker, he's not He's not, He's not. not a bad baseball Christian player. Walker's Christian Walker's good. Yeah. Christian Walker knows how to play. It's closer. He even said it's, it's, it's closer than you might think, which I agree with. Christian Walker is one of those guys who never gets to talk about but consistently puts up some very, very solid offensive seasons. Um, I've always been a pretty big Christian Walker fan. Um, like I said, he's just consistently a solid, solid player. I got you can't complain about him. He's yeah, Christian, very, very. Uh, he's incredible defensively, and he also has sixty nine home runs in the past two seasons, which is the third most in baseball from a primary first baseman, as he's behind uh, the two guys that hit the most home runs in baseball, Matt Olson and Pete Alonso. So. Yeah, and you know, the other thing that's interesting about Walker and more the Diamondbacks is just think about the Diamondbacks over the last, you know, 10, 12 years. They went from having Gold Glover, Gold Glover and MVP Paul Goldschmidt to perennial Gold Glover and all-star Christian Walker is arguably one of the most lockdown successors and predecessors that we've seen in a very, very long time. I mean, I don't know if you want to consider the Harper-Schwarber DH thing. I think that's a little bit too abbreviated. But that is a, a so underrated duo right there. Yeah, Christian Walker is really underrated good. duo. And let's let's look it back. The Diamondbacks had the lead in the NL West for a while. We can't forget about that. They got off no. to a surging start this season. And then the Dodgers really, you know, they did the Dodgers thing in the regular season and really put it on a burner. Um, but the Diamondbacks have been around all year. And if they didn't lose games at the end of the season, yeah, there's that too. the Phillies probably would have played them in the wild card. Oh, 100%. I mean, they really, really had a rough patch in the mid, like late to mid, like mid to late part of the season. There was – I don't know if they ever went under, but there was definitely a point where they were at 500. Yeah, they were – In, like, August. They were always in that mix. They felt – I felt like they were always locked in at that two spot in the wild card um, until, you know, the Cubs started going on a little bit of a run, and then they were always that three spot. And then they just really fell off, and then the Cubs really fell off, so we got the Diamondbacks back in. And then the Marlins kind of snuck their way into the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the Diamondbacks, we would have played Diamondbacks to the wild card if they won that season series against the Marlins. Um, but they've, they've been around all year. They had one bad patch of the season. But other than that, the Diamondbacks have been a good ball club this year, which we did not expect from them um, in 2023. But they really came out and played. They've played good baseball all year. And they've, I've said, They've played bad. They haven't. They've played team underperforming teams in the postseason, which the Phillies certainly have not been underperforming this playoffs. Um, but no matter who they played, they've played well against them. Yeah, Ben. So here's what I was talking about. August. Uh, what? Hold on. I gotta make sure my days mixed up. Here we go. August fourteenth, the Diamondbacks were fifty nine and sixty. 
that was that that drop off that post All Star game drop off I was talking about. I mean, a lot of people thought the Diamondbacks were out of it. They went from being in June and June being first place in the National League West to being under five hundred in August, and then just toward the end of the season they really stepped it up and started playing. It was I wouldn't even know if I'd call it consistent baseball. They did a good job of stringing together some wins. Like they yeah, they won. Were, there was a point where they won six straight. They won yeah, four straight. They, they were won winning, five straight. They, they were won winning three games. Four. Yeah. They were yeah, winning games I mean, until until about that last two series where they couldn't lock up that two spot. But maybe they got lucky. Uh, maybe that three spot was uh, was good for them. But I yeah, maybe how about this? This is the second straight season. Two seasons with the wild card format. And both seasons, the wild card teams have made it to the National League Championship Series. And both years, it's been the sixth seed, the Phillies and the Diamondbacks. Well, I think that just proves that things that are valuable in a postseason series are not the same things that are valuable during the regular season when you play 162 games. The, there's, the regular season, really, it's just showing you more and more. All you got to do is get in. All you got to do is get in. And that goes for any sport, except maybe football, where you, you kind of, that week off helps a lot. Um, but you really. 100%. You, you, it, it only matters if you get in. And I learned that last year with the Phillies. It only matters if you can get in. And whoever's the hottest team is going to, who's, it, that's who's going to come out on top. And the Astros were the hottest team last year. They won the World Series against the Phillies. The Phillies were the hottest team in the National League. They won the National League Championship Series. So I um, it really only matters how you get in, and it's proven again by the Arizona Diamondbacks in 2023. You know, Ben, this, this is funny that we mentioned this, because whenever someone who knows football but doesn't know asks me, like, why is that guy sitting, or why can't he pitch today? And I'm like, this is how baseball works. I'm like, why can't Craig Kimbrell pitch today? Here's why. I think, and they're like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, I know. This is the equivalent to, like, Jalen Hurts only playing every other game because he has to save his throwing arm. And like, that is why baseball postseason is so crazy because you have all your guys available. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's ready. And you can pitch them when they're – and there's nothing to save them for, right? Like, if they get dead arm the last when – when the Phillies win the World Series in two weeks from now, okay, they got the whole offseason to let their arm – Hang by their side and recover. But like, could you imagine hard. if Jalen? If you imagine if Jalen Hurts couldn't play three games in a row in fear of an injury? I mean, it's, it's so season. crazy how different yeah. football and baseball is. Every sport's right, like that. Every sport is very different. Second base, I don't agree with this one. I agree with this one. Um, yeah, Cattell Marte's had a great season, but um, Bryson Stott has played really, 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 really good in the postseason. Uh, Bryson Stott. Might if if I had a vote, I would put him an unbiased. I would have him as my comeback player of the year. Um, he has really, he's been so he's he's Bryson Stott's the future of the Phillies. Um, he has played incredible baseball, but Cattell Marte has also been very good and he's been very consistent. He has been, and I mean, I don't know. It's hard to disagree with this one. Cattell Marte, he put up like. I'm just guesstimating here. I don't know Stott's stats for sure. I don't have them up right now. But he put up about 10 more home runs. They had almost identical batting averages, but his OPS was almost 100 points higher. It is hard to argue with this one. Marte is also a uh, – I mean, 
He's was an all-star at least once. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he was an all-star in 2019. He won the player of the week once. He's usually a pretty good defender. Um, Diamondbacks MVP award winner, two seasons. It's hard to, like I said, I, I have trouble disagreeing with this one. Cattell Marte has been a very, very good player the last, geez, four or five, maybe even six seasons. Yeah, Marte he debuted the, in 17 or 18. His postseason so far is two home runs with a 984 OPS. So he's been playing really good. Um, it's not having been, so. He had a grand slam. He had he's, a grand slam. It he sense. No, he had the, the RBI in game one. He had a sack fly there. He's, he's been fine. I I also think Bryson Stott's a really good baseball player. I'm a huge Bryson Stott fan. I'm not one of those fangirls that just think like him because he's handsome. He's a he's a good he's a really good baseball player, um, and he can work some at bats. But can tell me, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm split on this one. I can go either way. Um, but just because I'm a Phillies fan, I'm gonna say Bryce Stott. But can tell Marte's That's been fair. very well. Marte can tell Marte's been very good. All right, so let's, I think shortstop is another interesting one to look at here, because look at Geraldo Perdomo, right? He made the All Star team. 787 OPS in the first half, then he just collapsed, right? And in, in the second half, 619 well, OPS followed right, that up. And, and, I mean, Turner was just incredible starting on, I think it was August 2nd or 3rd. August 4th. 4th. I was, was there. The home run day. Uh, the, the home run was day. August 5th. Okay. The, the first standing ovation was that Friday, August 4th. I was in left field for that game. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Turner is that the extra – he's had the home runs. He's had the singles. I feel like he hasn't been big doubles, triples hitter this year, but he's 34 for 34 in stolen bases, including postseason. That's so insane. pretty much every time he gets on base for a single, he can turn it into a double if he tries hard enough. Yeah, now, and really – he's Gabby Moreno is a great defensive catcher. We've covered that. Uh, for defensively – we shouldn't even go there. But I think that I agree with this. They give the advantage to the Phillies. And I think the Turner's second half bat is can it allows you to ignore the defense. I really do. Um yeah, he has a one point he has a fourteen fifty five OPS in the postseason. And he had a four hit game on the Thursday in game four. So he has really he's been playing very well in the postseason. He had home runs in games three and four. Um, game four was he hit one to take the lead. Um, yeah, he's had a few bad plays. He had the two errors in game two. Um, more than a few. Yeah, he's had a lot. Um, but a that, lot. All, that offense, he has really made up for his mistakes um, in the field. And yeah, the home runs he's been hitting constantly. Um. Obviously, you said those stolen bases. He's been going on a lot of first pitches. Um, Trey Turner, he's he's Trey Turner, and he is uh, that second half into the postseason. It's been ex- pretty much exactly what you want from the offensive side of the ball. Um, so I and Perdomo, yeah, he's be at a terrible second half, and I don't think he's done much in the postseason. Um, so, yeah, I very agree with Trey Turner getting the advantage here at shortstop. 
Um, and I really don't think it's super close. Agreed. Uh, I, I would actually think the same thing with third base. I don't think this is overly close either. Depending on how you look at it, you could argue it's the teens. The, the teen scene might say this is a battle of mid. Um, though I think that Alec Bohm's... You're a teen. Uh, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I can still say that, can I? I well, say, I, I I say mid all the say. time. I'm not really much of a slang person, um, usually. I've used mid once in a while. Mid. I said something. I can remember I said something the other day. And as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, that sounded so terrible. Yeah, it was I one of those, one of the new words. I don't remember which one it was. All right, Evan Longoria. Um, he's the third baseman for the Diamondbacks. The last time he played in a league championship series was 2008. 15 Sounds years ago. Sounds a loser to me. 15 years ago. He made the World Series. It was his rookie year. He was 22 years old with the Rays. They made the World Series. They played the Philadelphia Phillies. They and I'm going to... I'm going to read you this Phillies lineup from Game 5 of the World Series. And it's it's just so beautiful to look at. Jimmy Rollins led off at shortstop. Jason Worth batted second in right field. Chase Utley batted third to second baseman. Ryan Howard was the four-hole that night. First baseman. Pat the Bat Burl in his final game of his MLB career. Batted fifth for left in left field. Eric Brutlett came in later in the game to replace him in left field. Shane Victorino in center field, batting six. Pedro Feliz, number seven, third baseman. Batted, he also batted seventh. Uh, batting eighth, the designated hitter, Collins' favorite Philly of all time, Chris Coast. Wait, why? Wait, this is game one. Never mind. This is game one of the um <laughs> This is game one of the Wait, World why Series. Why is Chris Coast my favorite Philly of all time? Why not? Um okay. and then Carlos Perfect. Ruiz was the catcher. He batted ninth. But if it was game five of the World Series, which they won on, get Chris Coast out of there because there was no designated hitter. And Carlos Ruiz would have batted eighth and Cole Hamels batting ninth. That was the lineup from game five of the World Series. Game one, Chris Coast got designated hitter spot. Um, but wow, that was such the top four of that lineup. Jay Will, Jason Worth, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard. How do you pitch to that? You don't. I mean, yeah, there's no other answer. You don't. You just hope, pray, just throw the fastball as hard as you can and hope it hits a corner and doesn't go down the middle. Well, you can't. You couldn't do that to Ryan Howard from 2006 to 2011. This is true. He would just hit everything out of the ballpark. It's very impressive. He was a it's very – I wish I got to see more of him in his prime because, you know, we, we remember him as the strikeout or – the home run player, but truthfully, he was just in his prime. It was how far is Howard going to hit it this time? Um, of those of that trio, Howard, Rollins, Utley, are any of them Hall of Famers? And if so, which ones? No, not a single Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. 
I think there's two that should be in the Hall of Fame, but I only think one's going to get in, and I think that's Jimmy Rollins. Most I think he's the closest. He's. I think he's the only one that will get in. He passed in the second round of voting, so he'll be. He can be voted in this season, and so can Chase Utley, who's on the ballot for the first time. Um, Rollins is the most hits in Philly's history. Um, he also he hit like I forget how many doubles in two thousand seven, but it was an incredible amount. Um, and he he just he was always. He was always really good. His defense was incredible. Um, Jimmy Rollins was – he was the man. And um, he's certainly a legend here. Chase Utley, I think he's the next closest that can get in. Um, but I don't think he will because the media hates Chase Utley for what he did in 2015 against the Mets. Um, well, he works for MLB now, so – True, so but I still him. don't think they will vote him in. Also, the end of his career wasn't that those last couple of years weren't the best. Although he was good in 2016 in his first year with the Dodgers, but he really wasn't great after, what, 2014, 2013? He wasn't the best. Um, And then Ryan Howard, the end of his career was so bad that he won't get in, um, which is a shame because Ryan Howard is right now is my favorite Philly that I ever saw. I was at his last game with the Phillies. I was at his retirement. That was the coolest experience. One of the coolest experiences of my life. This is his last game. Yeah, I mean, if I didn't attend four postseason games and all of them being wins and incredible games, that would probably be one of my most cherished moments at Citizens Bank Park. Um, but being at NLDS games three and four last year, NLCS game five last year, and NLDS game three this year, um, it's kind of hard to put it up there on those marks. Um, but anyway, uh, Alec Bohm is definitely the better first baseman than Evan Longoria. Um, Bohm had a terrible NLDS. Like, he was absolutely terrible at the plate, which only means it can't get much worse. And he's frustrated with himself at the plate. You saw him slam his helmet a few times in game four. Um, but I think Bohm is a player that's gonna that he can turn it around. And I think he will in the series. I think he's going to have a good series. Yeah. Left field's also an interesting one because Lourdes Gurriel Jr., solid veteran player, has come up with some big hits in the past, posted a decent season OPS, I think, in the high sevens. And then you have Brandon Marsh, who had a very, very good season that no one's talking about. I would go as far as saying he was the second most consistent hitter on the Phillies. Uh, throughout the entire season, I agree with there that. were some. He had a rough month or two in there. He didn't hit against lefties, but when he was in the lineup, he was consistent. You know, he was going to get some big hits. And then Christian Pache, who's you know his his platoon mate there, defense lockdown for both of them. Offense can be a bit of a question for Pache, but well, I think he had a good series at the plate when he played his two games in the wild he card. He, he did he, absolutely. He was, he got an RBI or two. Um, he was really, he was really good. Um, I really liked what I saw from Pache. Uh, the wild card. He hasn't played since. He only plays against the lefties. And uh, one he thing started. I... Didn't he start game three? No. Marsh was in left huh. field. Marsh had a home run in that game. Um, oh, yeah. um but uh, Marsh. Something that I'm very fond of with him. Is he has moved in? He was the starting center fielder on that great team last year and going into this year. He was not moving from center field. He was the starting center fielder. He was very good out there. He was good at the plate. 
And then all of a sudden, he was moved into this platoon role because Johan Rojas has been so unbelievable in center field. And we'll get to him after this. Um, but Marsh has embraced his platoon role. And he is still, as a, what, a 24, 25-year-old in that clubhouse? He is still a leader on this team, at, even as a platoon bat. And he has embraced his role. He's been very good in his role. And that's something I'm very fond with of Brandon Marsh. As a big Brandon Marsh Absolutely. fan, I'm a, hu- I'm a huge Brandon Marsh fan myself just because he's so fun to so watch. Yeah, he's, he's so I fun to Marsh. watch out there. And, I mean, he's Brandon Marsh. Like, the beard, the hair, come on. Uh, he barks. It's awesome. Um, but I Marsh I told you the emo crowd was going to love this episode. I told you. They're barking Brandon What what do you think? Wait, have you seen the videos of like people asking him to bark? Oh yeah, I've seen this. Like what goes through? Like now, Marsh has gotten to the thing where people are going up to him asking him to bark, and he's doing it. Brandon Marsh was built for Philadelphia. Let's be honest. Yeah. He self represents Philadelphia. He's like the shaggy looking guy, but he barks. So. But uh, yeah, the Phillies definitely have the advantage. Talented in his own way, very Philadelphia. Um, Lourdes say... Guriel Jr. I didn't realize was on the Diamondbacks until I read this right now. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Guriel's had some some big moments in the past. He's kind of jumped around from teams a little bit, but um, I will say th- this article makes it sound like it's not particularly close. I think it's closer between Lourdes Guriel and. Martian Pache than this sounds. I still think the Phillies have the advantage. Don't get me wrong, but this article makes it sound like it's a no-brainer. I'm not really sure that's the case. Center field, Alec Thomas is just not good. <laughs> I mean, Johan Rojas is insane. He's incredible. In, in, in center field. He seems to get turned around a lot, but he still makes every catches every ball that's hit to him. He so um, I really couldn't care less. At the plate, he has not been great in the postseason, no, but he no. has not missed a play in center field since he's gone out there. He might have missed one or two. Well, he, there was the one that he drew, that he just dropped. I'm not really sure. Adam, I wouldn't consider that missing it. Um, just flat out dropped that ball. That was just, yeah, that was yeah. an error. Yeah, but like, God, he has been the closest thing we've seen to Gary Matthews from the 80s, the Secretary of Defense. 70% of the earth is covered by water, the remaining 30% is covered by Johan Rojas. Yeah, he's. I, I don't even know. He's, he's incredible. The Phillies I mean, have the absolute. Uh, to basically summarize, the Phillies have probably the most single, uh, pro- the most defining advantage they have by position is is in center field, and it's Johan Rojas. So I agree. Uh, right field again. I'm probably not going to. This is the closest one. <sighs> No, Corbin, it's not. Um, with what Nick Castellanos has done in the postseason so far, especially these last two games, he has hit four home runs in his last two games. He's the first 
player to ever hit multi ever have multi home run games and back to back games in the postseason in MLB history. All 150 plus years of the MLB, he's the only guy to ever do that. And Corbin Carroll, I agree with this. Corbin Carroll's the the rookie of the year in the National League. That's the most overrated award of all time. Nobody should flex it unless you're like actually like something. Uh, which most rookie of the years, most rookie of the years not. don't pan out to be anything. So this award sucks. But uh, um, Corbin Carroll's been so good this year. Um, he's really come out of nowhere. Um, and Nick Castellanos has just been so unbelievable in the post. He's he had such a good National Divisional Series against the Braves. Um, he. He's doing the ring finger celebration. His son is in Philadelphia. Really, when his son, when Liam came to the ball, he was had a slow start, but when Liam came back to the ballpark to see his dad, he got out of school in Florida. He's here now, and ever since then, Castellanos has hit four home runs in two games. Like, what goes on between those two is just the connection they have is it's awesome. Um, and to see Liam Castellanos was with the team at Xfinity Live party on a Thursday night. So, I mean, the best part about this is Liam Castellanos is homeschooled, so he doesn't have to make up days at the end of the year. There you go. Anyhow, win. the the only issue that I have with this article right now is that they put the most irrelevant stat in here, which is. Helps wash away the fact that he generally hadn't done much with the bat in October as a Philly posting a, this is referring to Castellanos, obviously, posting a 198, 244, 272 slash line across 21 postseason games with Philadelphia. Come on now. 2022 and 2023, Nick Castellanos, not even comparable. Don't combine those stats. Those stats are. I didn't even. That's the most ridiculous (laughs) thing to put in there. All right. Why put that in? The there? What purpose the Phillies, is that serving? The reason the Phillies have had success in the postseason is because they have a completely different player in right field. It's like they made a new acquisition in the offseason. Oh, really? Nick Castellanos has been two completely different players at the plate in the last two seasons. And I think the Phillies win the World Series against the Astros if Nick Castellanos is as good as he is this season out in center field. Wow. Or in right field, excuse me. Uh, but the Phillies win that World Series. It's just two. It's like the contract they gave Castellanos. Then it's like two. It's like they gave him this year and last year. He was like some rental player they got from, like I don't know Arizona. Um, who? So I just um, he's been so good. He's been incredible. Um, in the in these last two games, and I mean Corbin Carroll's really good. I they have the advantage in right field. Uh, Dobby Beck's do, but it's um this is the closest one, um if we're looking at matchups, um, so, yeah. So, I don't want to go too much deeper into this. They have Schwarber over Tommy Pham, which I think is fair. Relief pitchers, they have sorry starting pitchers, they have the Phillies. Gallon and Kelly are great. Everyone else passed them. Sucks. Not so great. It's actually pretty similar to the 2022 Phillies where they had a great top three, but past that was a bit of a concern. Well, Syndergaard I, ended yeah. up panning out to be all right. 
Yeah, but... when Syndergaard made, had those starts in the postseason, he did his job. Um, I don't want to talk about last year's Phillies because I don't care about last year's Phillies right now. I'm focused on this year's Phillies. But Syndergaard did his job then, and I think that... – Here's my question. Will the Phillies need a fourth starter in this series? Yeah. Who are you putting out there? I have my answer. Christopher Sanchez. That's the correct answer. The the Diamondbacks have been very effective in the first inning. They're calling them the first inning snakes. And Tywin Walker's seven-plus ERA in the first inning just is not trustworthy. And I also, Tyler Walker's been terrible in the second half of the season. Christopher Sanchez has been the most consistent Philly starter in 2023, in the regular season, that is. Um, So I would much rather have Sanchez out there. And it's another lefty, so. I'm going to make an uncolin like comment as we wrap this up. You ready? Well, let me hear it. So, so you know that I'm very logical, rational. I like the numbers. I'm not a feely type of person, but I can't stand Taiwan Walker starts. I love Taiwan Walker. He's a great guy, but I can't stand when he starts. I, I just feel like I'm <laughs> sitting there and I'm like shaking and shaking and jittering and like, when is this going to be over? Why is no one warming up in the bullpen? His splitter is just hovering. It's not actually breaking. He doesn't have a curveball and his, his slider is just doesn't work and his, his sinker only slide. moves 25% of the time and this the splitter kills me because when it's not working he's so ineffective beyond description like I can't stand when he starts a game I, I can't like is he bad no Tywin Walker is not bad at the end of the day he's not a bad pitcher he's an average pitcher but I cannot stand it when he pitches. it makes me so bad it's and the amount of money that they, the amount of money that they gave him this offseason to pitch how he has, which has not been great. They gave him ace money. He is not. He's been nowhere close. He's been the Phillies probably. He was probably their worst starter the second half of the season. I agree with that. Outside of Lorenzo. Yeah, yeah, I'd go there. Lorenzo um, threw a no-hitter, so. I mean... Yeah, I get it. <laughs> the, the issue that I have with Walker and this signing, which I, I don't know, I think Walker's a great first half pitcher he's made a couple all-star teams because of he's a great first half pitcher but he's had the same problem every year that he cannot pitch in the second half and the phillies have to find a way to solve that problem next year just don't pitch him in the first half of the season (laughs) put him on injured reserve just list his injury sucks in second half and the second half of the season will be his first half of the season everything works out i would not be against he has a horrible in the beginning of the season he has a horrible postseason, though. So like, I don't know what I mean. I don't know if it is, you know, maybe, maybe it's like, maybe he needs more. Like I don't know if it's like an it's if it's an arm tired thing losing. Like maybe he needs more bullpens in the second half. Maybe he needs no bullpen in the second. Like Zach Greinke, who like for a long time in his big league career refused to throw bullpens. He just went out and played baseball on the days when he was scheduled to, and did not on the days when he was not scheduled to. Um. I don't know, maybe he should throw no more than 80 pitches or five innings in the first half of the season. Or if maybe for the first three, four months, if, you know, he's sitting for more than 20 minutes, he shouldn't come back. I don't know, but it ha- something has to change. He paid him too much money to be unpitchable in October. That's the bottom line. The, the bullpen is interesting. I think the, the this article 
focuses a lot on velocity, saying how velocity matters. The final eight teams alive in the postseason. The Phillies have the best four-seam sinker velocity at 97.2 on average, while the Diamondbacks have the least at 93.7. But if you look at just the numbers, the surface, uh, the surface line numbers here, the Diamondbacks have a decent bullpen. They have some top guys who have limited runs. Um, I the, the Diamondbacks bullpen, I think, could be a, is a sneaky weapon they have. I think there are a couple guys back there who can be shut down. Paul Seawald is going to be good. Um, a couple other guys they've had. I mean, if you're looking to shut down a lefty, there's Joe Mantiply, who hasn't been... He's been inconsistent this season, 4.562 ERA. But they have a couple low ERA guys in the back of the bullpen that, I don't know, I wouldn't say I'm overly concerned about, but definitely know how to shut. Like, they're not, there's not, they don't have a bullpen that's going to let things go out of control. They're going to keep things contained. Bryce Harper could easily, you know, punch most of them in the mouth. A lot of the Phillies players could, but they're, this isn't the bullpen where they're going to string six, seven, four or five runs together in an inning. So it's going to be, it's going to rely on, you know, keeping numbers up on the board, extending your lead, getting insurance against this bullpen. Yeah. Um, yeah. We destroyed this, Ben. We broke it all down. Yep. I, I know so much more about the Diamondbacks now. I didn't know much coming in. Um, and now I, now I've accepted that the Phillies are still winning in five. They're, the Diamondbacks are an interesting team. They're I don't like, get them. Yeah, they're they're like they're they're like weird. It's like this is like a weird. They are. You know who the Diamondbacks are? The they Diamondbacks. Are the off, they are the off-brand Baltimore Orioles, but older. They're just. I older still don't. Baltimore. I still don't know how the Orioles won a hundred games. Uh young talent. Yeah, but like the numbers that they like, you talk about the the production level numbers. The production level numbers, your averages, your on base percentages, nothing was oh they had nothing was crazy. Their starting pitching lacked so much depth. Their bullpen had injuries. I mean, they had the Yamamoto guy from the A's. He was like one of their back end relievers. Had an ERA of like six something. I, I don't. I mean, they. I can see them being an eighty. 85 win team, but 100 wins I couldn't fathom. And these Diamondbacks, like their offense average, bullpen average, starting pitching lacks depth. I don't know how they have not lost a postseason game yet, but they beat, you know, the best top two pitchers in baseball, even though one was hurt. I still say that. And the 100 win dot, I, I don't, I, I really don't get it. Because, like I said, they're a good team. They are, are they, a very, very hey. solid team, but. I, I are they, don't know how they string these wins together. Are they winning games? Yes, they're mashing the baseball. That's but all that I just, matters. I don't, I don't see it. It's it's, you don't have to see it. You just have to accept that the Diamondbacks are winning games. The Phillies are winning games. It's going to be a good series, but I think it's officially prediction time. Uh, Not this Phillies is, in five. Phillies it's, in seven. This series is not going seven. You cannot go with a straight listen, face. This series is going there's seven. There's no way that the, the Diamondbacks are going to go from having having won five straight games 
to losing four out of five. Just not going to happen. Have they played in an environment like Philadelphia yet? Well, I know they're going to play three games at home. Two games, three games, two games, three games at home. Three. But so, but you know how many people from Philadelphia live in Arizona? Oh, my. Yes, I do. I'm aware. But it's no. there, there will probably be more Phillies fans in, in Arizona than Diamondbacks fans. Let's be honest. I wouldn't go that far. It'll there will be, be a substantial number, but it's not going to be more. It might fans. be 60-40, the 40% being Phillies fans. But they're going to be louder than Diamondbacks fans. Have you? How do you know that? Because There's no way of knowing that. I do, because I have a friend that lives in Arizona that's a Phillies fan, and that knows a lot of Phillies fans, that knows a lot of Phillies fans, and there's a lot going Jackson down there. Jackson going to the game? He has tickets to every single game. He's not on fall break. Um, he's he's going to all the games. Good so. for him. Excited. He has he has tickets to all the games. He's wor- He has something games four and five that he's trying to work out of, but he will definitely be a game three. Um, but I think that the Phillies win this series in five, um, and I think it's not it's not going to be an easy series. I think the two games at if the Phillies can win both games at home against those two really really good pitchers. I think they're gonna be. I think they're gonna be good. It all comes down to winning those first two. If they go up two nothing, this series is going to be over, um, just like that. I think the Diamondbacks can win Game Three, um, or maybe Game Four. I uh, maybe Game Four because that's when their ace will be back out there. Um, but I think Game Five, the Phillies aren't gonna lose two possible clinching games in a row, and this this Phillies team is going back to the World Series. Um, except they're going to have more depth this year than they did last year, and they're going to be a better team than they were last year. And they're we're going to be partying again. That's right, Ben. Again, this time better be for a World Series. Yeah, this I've written, this cannot be the this cannot be the last time I celebrate. Like we need, we need at least two more. We're going to need another one of those. We need at least two more parties after the National League, the World Series. And then a parade. That's what we need. Love the sound of that, huh? Um, it's nice. It's who nice who would be at the front of the bus? I think Castellanos and Harper. Oh, definitely Bryce Harper. He's absolutely in the front. Uh, Trey Turner. Yeah. I think Castellanos, Harper, and Turner could manage. I mean, those buses are pretty wide. They're, they all stand on the top. Just put the yeah, and then the I think Kyle, Kyle Schwarber's right up there with them. And you know who else I think is right up there with them in his final time in Philadelphia? Reese Hoskins. Yep. Not his final time. He'll be back next year. Um, where is he going to play? So where? here's my thing. I can't get into that now. They'll right, find fair, a spot fair. for him. <laughs> you know, and you know who's, you know who's going to be in the very, very back? There's only one right answer here. Who is? Very, it? very back. Brandon Marsh is going to be hanging <laughs> off the back of the bus, yelling as loud as he can as the bus passes. Back gonna, left corner, I can see it right now. It's gonna be him, Stott, Mar. It's gonna be Marsh, Stott, Bohm. It's gonna be the whole daycare is gonna be in the back. The back. It's like the <laughs> school, right? All the cool kids exactly, sit yeah, toward the back of the. Yeah, exactly. So you have what? The Phillies at seven. Six. 
I'll go okay, six. that's fair. Um, I, I I can't get over the Diamondbacks starting pitching. It's just there's no way that there's no way they win games three, four, or seven. It's just, there's just no way. There's no chance. As soon as the Phillies beat, wait, you don't think the um, Phillies are gonna beat? Um, what's this guy's name? You don't think we're gonna beat Brandon Fat? No, no, I'm saying three, four, seven. That's game three, right? He would pitch game three, so you don't think the Phillies win game three against Brandon? I'm Fatt? sorry, did I did I say? I'm sorry, did, what did I say? Did I say there's no way the Phillies win three, four, seven? Yeah, I, I meant Diamondbacks. I'm saying there's no way the Diamondbacks win games three, four, or seven. So, as soon as as soon as the Phillies get a win over Gallon or Kelly, the series is over. And well, they're gonna pitch both games in Philadelphia, and they've never pitched in a environment like Philadelphia before. So, if I'm uh, Tori Lavello, I'm gonna have Gallon throw game one, and then have Fat get, throw game two, and then have save Kelly for game three, because in that case, I think that if you can get Fat to steal a win. Game two, I think that puts them in a lot better position, even if they go down and then going and going home, regardless of the situation. I guess unless they're up two zero, but well, I'm hoping I'm hoping both of their aces play in Philadelphia and they both get rattled and the Phillies win both games and then they win the National League. I, I think the Phillies have hit Gallon pretty well too. Yeah, they like have. nothing like nothing crazy, but I mean, for a guy who's been a Cy Young candidate the last two years, he's. They've hit him better than you'd mm. expect or better than other teams have. And so. JT Romito has a cycle against the Diamondbacks. He does. Maybe he is the the Serpiente killer. Is JT Romito, you're not NLCS MVP? Oh, I forgot we have to predict that too. Who's oh, your MVP? Oh, you need to go first. I haven't even thought about this. Uh, with the tear he's been on, I can see Nick nah. Castellanos. Um, Bryce Harper is always a candidate, but he won last year. They might want to spread it out a little bit. Reese Hoskins. See an option? He's That's not, the ultimate question. He's not playing in the NLCS. Um, I heard it's a possibility. Uh, I can confirm that's not happening. You can? I can confirm because – Bob Thompson said World Series, so. No, updated about four or five days ago. He said NLCS is a possibility. It's – if it is, he's not He's not going to play a lot. He's going to be – No, you're right. He's going to be a pinch hitter. Um, He's probably going to strike out every at-bat because he I, – I just don't think he should be playing. But this is a different conversation for a different day. We have to wrap this up. I, no, I, I agree with you. He shouldn't – there's no, no reason right now. Um, and my... also, like, throwing him in in the World Series in his first at-bat this season is absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, I agree. Give me Kyle Schwarber for the MVP. He's so dope. He hasn't had a swore bomb yet. I know. It's like, what is like, happening? I need my Wawa drinks and discounts, so he needs to get going. Because if that doesn't happen next year, it's going to take a major hit on my bank account. Because I, <laughs> I, I go there too often. I have the Schwarberfest shirt. I might wear it for a couple games, and maybe it'll bring some luck. I haven't worn it yet. Yeah, I'm going to get – where did you get one of those? Uh, so I stood outside of the Philly Stadium for Game 2 of the World Series, and the guy who was inside the Wawa Goose was there, and he gave everybody a Schwarberfest shirt. So I'm going to have to get one of those. You I can probably find it. I'm going to get one. You can probably find it on eBay. It's probably up there. Uh, but any- Philly's man. All right. Anyway. This is going to do it from us in episode 41, the NLCS preview. Colin and I are going to try and point out what podcasts we can do during the series. 
Um, Colin seems to have the craziest schedule I've ever seen this month, which is crazy. But that's going to do it from us. Um, you'll see us when you'll see us. Go Phils. Go Phils. Thank you We're all spot- for tuning in. Sponsored by SeatGeek, by the way. Use code Philly Sports Support. Save $20 off at SeatGeek. Thank you for SeatGeek for sponsoring this podcast. Follow us on all social medias. Uh, Everything. We'll be live. Description. We will be live before every game on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter um, for 30 minutes before each game, except game one. Um, so tune in then. So thank you guys for watching. We'll see you. Go, Phil.